0: This is Silicon Valley Beat. I'm Annie Gauss. Coinbase, which is a digital currency exchange based in San Francisco, raised $100 million in a bid to expand their service. Now, there are many exchanges for digital currencies, but Coinbase has the distinction of being the first to make it possible to buy and sell Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies through mainstream bank accounts. It used to be the case that you had to mine them or exchange them with people peer to peer. But Coinbase was the first to link it with bank accounts. And now it is also the first digital currency exchange to be valued at over a billion dollars with this new fundraising. So what does Coinbase do exactly? Well, they operate digital currency transaction and storage, and they operate in 32 countries. And now their CEO, Brian Armstrong, says that he wants to grow their engineering in order to build more consumer products around these digital currencies. From the perspective of investors, at least, you can see this as a vote of confidence that digital currencies are not going away, at least not anytime soon. But it is an interesting time in the world of Bitcoin and cryptocurrency in general. Given a recent fork of Bitcoin, which is the highest valued of the many coins that are out there, um, and this stemmed from a dispute over how to handle Bitcoin transactions, the currency forked into two recently, with the derivative being called Bitcoin Cash. Now, Coinbase initially refused to support the new currency, but shortly after that, they changed course, did a 180, and said that they would begin supporting Bitcoin Cash on their platform in 2018. In total, they've raved, raised $217 million since 2012 when they launched. This is Silicon Valley Beat, more to come. You can tell a lot about someone's life from their Instagram feed where they travel, what they do for fun, how often they post selfies, etc. But according to a new study published in a data science journal, they might also be able to tell you whether someone is depressed. The study looked at 166 profiles and in total 43,000 photos, and they also studied and interviewed the people behind the profiles. Analyzing the photos, including faces, colors, and average people per photo, They concluded that there are certain cues and links to depression. One of them was darker or bluer hues in users' photos, and they also claimed that depressed users had a outsized preference for filtering out all color from posted photos and showed an aversion to artificially lightening photos. In fact, they called out Inkwell as the filter of choice for depressed Instagrammers. Interestingly, they also found that depressed users posted more frequently on Instagram on average. The researchers who were from Harvard and University of Vermont pointed out that obviously this does not apply to everyone, and just because you like black and white photos doesn't mean you're depressed, but they said that the machine learning models they developed in this study, um, as it applies to image analysis, could be used to possibly augment health screenings in the future. As always, love to hear what you think in a call-in or shoot me a text comment. More to come. This is Annie Gauss. Recently, there have been some rumblings that Travis Kalanick, the ousted CEO of Uber, wants to make a comeback and eventually take the helm back at the company again. Reportedly, he's been telling friends that he wants to take the reins back and is working behind the scenes to try and plan for a Steve Jobs-esque triumphant return to Uber. But if that is all true, one of Uber's early and most influential investors splashed some cold water all over those plans today. Benchmark Capital, which holds a 13% stake in Uber as well as a board seat, is now suing Kalanick for fraud, breach of contract, and breach of fiduciary duty. The lawsuit accuses Kalanick of trying to, quote, entrench himself on Uber's board of directors and increase his power over Uber for his own selfish ends. Also trying to shield his prior conduct from scrutiny and clear his path for an eventual return as CEO. Those are quotes from the complaint. What's their goal in this lawsuit? Ultimately, it's to toss out a 2016 agreement um, that was made to expand the board by three seats, one of whom one of which is occupied by Kalinick, and to also remove him from the board completely. As for Kalinick, his lawyers responded by saying that the suit was riddled with lies and false allegations. But in the meantime, Uber is still working on getting a permanent CEO, and separately, their VP of operations, Ryan Graves, who was also the first Uber employee, as well as briefly its CEO in 2010, he resigned today. And this whole situation reminded me of a call-in from the Made From Scratch channel from a while back, actually prior to Kalanick being ousted as CEO, but still just as relevant right now. Take it away. Have there been any reports about whether the soon-to-be ex-CEO has options that he'll be able to cash in? Um, a lot of talk is about sort of the embarrassing nature of being stepped down or you know, some of the scandalous things that have been happening in the company. But I just wonder, um, ultimately, is it going to hurt the guy's checkbook or is it convenient timing? So if uh, you can speak to that or point me in the right direction, I would be interested to know how much it's going to cost or make him to step down as CEO. Hey, thanks for the call-in. I figured this Uber situation was not going to die down anytime soon, so I wanted to save this question for the right story. And this is a good time to answer it. So obviously, Travis Kalanick is no longer CEO. And if this lawsuit is completely successful, he may no longer have a board seat either. But... He still owns about 10% equity in Uber, which translates into about $7 billion under its current valuation of about $70 billion. That could change, but more likely than not, he's going to be pretty much fine financially. In terms of overall power at the company, including the ability to vote on and influence corporate matters, that depends on how a company structures its stock ownership. And in the case of Uber, it's pretty complicated, but this lawsuit by Benchmark Capital actually showed a little bit of detail on how that works at Uber. There are different classes of stock holdings, and Kalanick has about 35% of shares in common class B stock, and that's in addition to the other 10% equity in the company. That together gives them about 16% total voting power according to this suit by comparison benchmark has 13% equity in the company but only half a per- percentage of that other common class B stock but that gives them 20% voting power again if the suit is successful Kalinick won't have a seat on the board if the company if the company long term is successful Kalinick will still be a pretty rich guy i'm not aware of any mecha- mechanism that would compel him to give up his shares so The worst that could happen is that he loses his power and his ego is damaged, but I think he'll be just fine. I hope that shed some light on your question. Thanks for calling in and thanks for listening. Talk to you soon.